Hi everyone, it's Joe here from Lawn Solutions Australia and welcome to another episode of Turf Talk where we're joined by the, you didn't give me a proper title before, but you're the founder, the owner of Harden Park Lawns, Melissa Denny, welcome. Thank you, Joe. So Harden Park, a turf farm uh, in the far north Queensland area in Cairns. Uh, what kind of business is Harden Park Lawns? What areas do you service? What grass do you grow? How big are you? What do you do? We are situated about um, 8Ks south of Cairns. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only got a very small farm. Um, well, we're very fortunate because of the weather and the climate that mm-hmm. we can grow our crops quite quickly. Yeah. So we grow um, Sir Walter, Tiff Tuff, Sir Grange, a um, bit of broadleaf, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Australis. Uh, yeah. And what's growing grass like in Cairns? Very easy sometimes and very hard other times. Is yeah, that pretty much it? Yeah, it's it, because of, you know, the growth, it's 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 great. Yeah. But, you know, we do have our challenges, um, the wet season, which yeah. we have, you know, low, low light with cloud cover. Mm-hmm. But we, you know... Um, can't mow and harvest at different times of the year, but you know every other t- you know rest of the year it's great. So your dry season, which is our winter months right. predominantly, isn't it? So how quickly could you grow a sawalda crop in cans with good weather from plant to harvest? The plant to well, actually from plant, we actually have done it in five months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's half as in half the time that any other farm in Australia could produce their absolute quickest crop. So it's really, really good. But it's not all sunshines and rainbows growing grass in Cairns. Is it? Explain to us what a bad January can look like for you. Um, is that is that the wettest? Uh, well, January, uh, our wet season can vary. So yeah. it can be before Christmas. It can be a December. It can And it can run through to the end of April. It depends. It's, it depends on the year. Um, so normally we'd say a wet season would be sort of mid-February um it can end in end of April yeah, yeah. and and in between that we can get a few cyclones um all threats of cyclones so all of that sort of stuff but you know generally the rest of the year is the best time to be at Cairns. yeah and I like I remember talking to you one Friday and you told me to get onto the the bomb radar and have a look at Cairns and it was black yes. and I've never seen a radar that was black before so what's a what's a bad couple of days of rainfall for you guys in the wet season when you're trying to grow grass? Um, well, Michael, my husband, always measures rainfall in cans and metres. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, yeah, look, uh, one, it, it varies. It depends on, like, if we have wet, a wet season, um, it's just always top up of rain. So yeah. it never gets an opportunity to dry out. So, um yeah, we can 200 mils, 300 mils. It, yeah, that's what we can get up to. And what happens to the grass? So you just you just don't harvest. You we just can't. Ha- we can't even get on the paddocks. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know it's it, it's very difficult. Um, then you've got to try and recover the paddock after yeah. the wet season and yeah. get on there. So any opportunity that we can get on, uh, we will. Um, we do have smaller, like you know, right on mowers. I know it sounds bizarre on a turf farm to have, <laughs> but opportunities to even just get the cut faces just you know, mowed down so we can, uh, at least when it dries up, we've got something to harvest. So how much water can you have over your paddocks in a wet season? Can you have a metre of water over your paddocks? Or? Oh, it, it, our paddocks run off fairly quickly. Yeah, so, right. um, look, you can have, yeah, we can, it, some some parts of our farm, yes, we can. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of water in far north Queensland. Have you ever had a croc on the turf paddock? Well, funny you ask that. Well, we, we used to share farm down in, down in D-Rail um, yeah. and they used to have these big long gullies. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be, that was 
Crocs sun baking um, when you're trying to do the mowing. Um, when also when um, we used to ferry turf up late at night, mm-hmm. um, Michael used to go down and, and load turf uh, on the back of, we used to have an old crane truck and mm-hmm. our son, our oldest son used to go down with a head torch and making sure that no Crocs will come around. <laughs> I know it sends people go, oh, that's not true. It is true. Oh, wow. um, yeah, Alec was just spotting to see if there was any eyes looking at it at Michael. So yeah. So we'll talking to a Victorian turf farmer before and one of their biggest challenges was cold weather and yours was man-eating crocodiles. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But normally, no, it's not a, It's not normally a risk. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, on our home farm, you wouldn't see that. But that was just, yeah, we used to just share farm on that and it used yeah. to be, it used to back onto the Mulgrave River. So, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, unique place, like we said, but outside of the the wet season, the rainy season, the couple of months you have where it's just pretty much underwater the whole time. The rest of the year, how do you mitigate the heat with your crop? Is it just constant irrigation for you guys? Is that a big thing for you there? Yeah, um, because of where we're, because we're our, our where we are so used to high rainfall, we yeah. actually need to irrigate when it's dry. So yeah. um, heat is a big, big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only for our crop, but for our staff as well. We've yeah, got to make right. sure they keep, keep cool. Yeah. Um, so the best time, if you ever come many cans is really from June up to the end of August, September. Yeah. So if anyone's coming for a holiday yeah. away, yeah. that's the time. But from then on, um, this time of year, well, what are we in, no, uh, November? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you can get thunderstorms um, yeah. uh, coming up. So, yeah. So, and your staff on farm, so it's family business, uh, you, yes. and, you, and, you and your husband, Michael. How many staff you got there? Uh, we got seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is this is fairly unique. So most turf businesses, I know our family business that we're involved in, if we have to go an hour to drop turf, it's a, it's a long way. Mm. What are some of the places you've taken grass to and where are some of the places you take turf to regularly? Because part of the, obviously one of the benefits of growing grass up there is the warm weather and you can turn a crop over quickly. But one of the negatives is sometimes you've got to take turf a fair way. Uh, yeah. People, there's a long way in between towns. So, what are a couple of places that you've taken turf to on a one-off basis? How long did it take you? And what are some of the places that you travel to on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis, most of um, uh, the turf that comes off our farm, um, we we do the domestic. So it's it's just around Cairns and all the yep. beaches and south. Um, that's what we deliver personally. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to doing a lot of stuff um, further than um, the local area, we'll put it on transport or mm-hmm. barges. So. So on a weekly basis, we go um, down to Gladstone, out to Mount Isa. Um, so, you know, looking at thousands of kilometres. Yeah. Um, and then um, the weirdest place that we've done is over in remote islands. It has to be barged over. Um, but, yeah, it just, yeah, anywhere from Gladstone out to Mount Isa, up to the tip of Australia, that's where we'll deliver to. Wait, how far is Mount Isa from Harden Park Lawns in a truck? Uh um, so it's 13 hours drive. Is that all? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> about 12, 13,000 kilometres, yeah. So so what do you do when it's 31 degrees and you've got to put turf in a truck for 13 hours and have it fresh on the other side? How do you mitigate that? Um, obviously having the, the, um, the crop um, ready to go. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, clipping and, yeah. and moisture, as less moisture as possible so it yeah. can hold on. Timing is important, making sure everything's uh, in line. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and a few other tricks that um, we do to um, get it so at the other end it's nice and green and lush. So it's not Harden Park launch trucks going too far most no. of the time, is it? No. It's, it's normally gets put on transport. Mm. And, 
And say a standard week where you, where you go down to Gladstone, uh, for example, Gladstone Mackay, they're still a fair hike for you, aren't they? Aren't they like eight, ten hours? Yeah, they're about the same distance as uh, uh, Gladstone's about the same as um, uh, Mount Isa, but yeah. it's down the coast. Yeah. Um, Mackay's eight hours, Rockhampton, Yapoon, all of those um, we go to, Townsville. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's twice a week we'll do that. Just down the road. Yeah, just yeah. down the road. Just down the road. We're in Queensland, remember. And, and your journey yourself, so you weren't always a turf farmer. Mm. Uh, you've you've come through uh, a few different industries, mainly ag industries, and I've been to your farm there in Cairns, it's a, you know, in Wrights Creek. It's a beautiful farm, but it's surrounded by sugarcane. So sugarcane's been quite a integral part of your career, if I got yeah. that right there. So how'd you come into – so where'd you start in your career when you left – school or whatever you did and, and how'd you get to where you are today? Okay, I wasn't the most studious person. It was actually a good time school was, but yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't the academic type, put it that way. Right. Um, so what I what I did actually when I left school, this might, I don't know whether I've told you, ever told you this, but I used to be an apprentice hairdresser. Did you? Yeah, so okay. I did that. I, yeah. I did that for about oh, 13 months and I don't think they trusted me with scissors, so um, I decided to um, move on from there. It's a safety um, issue. Yeah, safety <laughs> issue. Um, I wanted to be a racehorse trainer, actually. Did you really? And I, I, I did that for a little bit. I was a little owner-trainer, had my own uh, racehorse. Okay, but hang on, I, let's stop there for no, a second. No, no, no. Let's stop there. Uh, Anything that you actually took to the races? I did, but I can't remember its name. I actually have to, have to show you my old licence. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I did that. Um, I used to work in the track, the race tracks in the morning, hose and horses. Did, did, you, have, did you have a winner? No, I come second. Did you? Yeah, probably yeah. only about three. Oh, there's five horses. So you're an owner trainer? I was an owner trainer. Wow. I remember her name. God, it was a, it was a mare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I did that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Hang on. So, <laughs> so hairdresser, he- horse owner trainer. Yeah, but I, would, I wasn't good at it. Okay. Yeah. But just what's... How? Like. Oh, look, how did that happen? <laughs> well, we, I used to my 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 parents owned a um a property. I used okay. to back onto the race race. Track. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so that's where yeah. that all came from. Yeah, and yeah. there's a riding school next to next to our property. And yeah. when I was a young kid, um, the uh, a next door neighbour used to I used to ride one of the the horses. Um, mm. Down to the track uh, in the morning. Her okay. name was Sugar Lips. Yeah. I remember that. Sugar Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to ride it down, <laughs> and that's how it all started. So I've ridden horses most of my life until yeah. um, the age now. You're right. Yeah. right. So yeah. So that was that. Um, so after that, I actually worked in a spare part, right. uh, selling ag machinery. Um, this is the most random. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing this. No, I tell you what. It's cool. So yeah, so yeah. that's that's what I did. My yeah. parents own earth moving business, so I was probably okay, right yeah, it was probably that was you know I used to get run down the shop and go and get yeah, you know sure. bearings and stuff for dad. So I always yeah. knew that. Yeah. Um, and then um, I got a phone call from a friend. They're looking for somebody to work um, as a labourer at. Um, uh, a place called BSES, um, Bureau of Sugar Experiment Station okay. at Moringa. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I. That's how I got. I, I got into that. Um, mm. So yeah, I was a labourer with the guys. I used to cut um, stalks of cane, drag mm. them out in the paddock, chuck them in the ute. Used mm. to take them to the lab, um, and that was seasonal. So it was only eight nine months of the year, and then I'm, I got a call up again. Um, but in between that, I was a driving instructor. <laughs> It's better. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I was a driving instructor uh, yeah. in between times. So, yeah. and then I got a full time job there. So, I worked there for about 12 years. And what you did there was 
you got into the scientific side of things a bit, didn't you? Like sugarcane breeding and improving strains and that sort of thing? Yeah, so, so I was there um, doing all weird and wonderful things. So I was uh, working on the photo sort period. Of fits the bill, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was doing, um, working at the bureau in the photo period room. Yeah. Um, and I was just doing, um, you know, I used to work for a, a guy um, called Dr. Nils Birding, who's actually world renowned within the sugar cane yeah, industry okay. all yeah. over the world. Yeah. He was a great boss. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so I used to get all um, these weird and wonderful things. I think the weirdest thing I used to had to do was actually count how many times the fan rotated. Uh, at one time, so I did some really boring stuff. So, um, so I did that, um, yeah. and it, it was probably the best job. Yeah, um, it was unreal, and it, it maybe have an insight into the ag industry, and it was great. I learnt a hell of a lot. Is there a lot of crossover between what you did there and what? Because you've come on quite a few turf trips around the world, uh, where we've looked at turf grass research. We went to to Dr. Ambrika Chandra's lab um, with breeding turf grasses there. Do you see? Much technology in that from what you used to do in sugarcane? Definitely. Or it, yeah. it, I got really excited when I was there. I was yeah. just like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is, just brings me back 20 years. So mm-hmm. it was lovely. It was great. Um, definitely some of the equipment that I saw there is what we had, obviously uh, updated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really good. But the good. theory behind... Th- the genetics in turf grass would be similar to very cane. similar. Yeah, yeah. it um, you know it's just a bigger grass really. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, and the breeding side of things very similar. Did you it's have good. any sugar cane breeds named after you? No, they're all no. cute queens. No, no. Um, sugar, sugar, sugar lips. <laughs> sugar lips. No. <laughs> the, we, the 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 job that I remember the most was when when we started there. It was in the eighties, mm. and the females we weren't allowed to wear pants. They had right. to wear skirts, right. dresses, right. and in the sh- walking in and out of a paddock, it was a bit, um, yeah, it wasn't yeah. really, yeah. yeah. I used to do the reading with the refractometer yeah. um, to have the readings of the sugar. We used to count the stools, um, how high they were, what yeah. colour they were, any disease, and we used to spend weeks and weeks in there. So that was kind of February, March, where it was as hot as sin. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Your, but your whole goal there was to find you and improve. Yeah, strange. definitely. Same with yeah. what we're doing in terms yeah. of now. Yeah. And so what, what was the next step then for you? Um, out of out of working for the for the sugarcane breeding place into turf is that was that something you saw or was something you got by chance or how did that how did that come about yeah well in between that at the end of that I had two children so um, working um, at a, a job in the you know early in the morning late in the evening I had to had to be a mother as well so yeah. um, I decided to buy a, a herb business called Simply Herbs okay so I used to supply um, to um, Coles and IGA stores. So right. it started as um, when I bought it, they only had one one store that was applying. Mm-hmm. So at the end of it, it had all the stores from all uh, in Cairns and surrounding down to Innisfail and I used to deliver the herbs in my little Master 323 with uh, my kids in the car and off I went and then I advanced to a, a van and, yeah. Um, yeah, went on to that. Wow. So uh, in coming to where the turf farm is, I used to lease an area off the turf farm okay. to grow the herbs and then we had an opportunity opportunity to buy the farm when it came up for sale. So it was a turf farm before you took it over? It was only probably about, um, oh, look, uh, a couple of acres, really. Was it called Harden Park Lawns? No, it wasn't called. So Harden Park Lawns came from my maiden name's Hardy. 
and right. married name Denny. So we cut it in half and put it together, and that's how it came up. <sighs> I never knew that. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So. So you were growing herbs and you saw the turf farm for sale and your husband, any ag experience at the time? Um, well, Michael had worked on a tur- the turf farm prior to okay, that. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's where it all start- started from. We weren't actually intentionally to do the turf farm. We just mm. needed the property to expand our, our herb business. Oh, okay. Right yeah. So it wasn't intentionally to do that. But at the end of the day, we ended up having a cyclone that wiped it all out. Okay. So we said, righty, yeah, we'll put a hand. Cyclone wiped your herb business out. Yeah. Cyclone Larry, 2006 it right. was. Yeah. So um, Coles gave us a couple of weeks to get it all up and running again. And um, um, we still had no power three weeks. So oh, we decided uh, we'll can that. Uh, and So uh, when you say wiped it out, what kind of infrastructure did you have set up at the time? Um, we had uh, four igloos, uh, a growing tunnel. Um, it was all done hydroponically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so all, all the pump sheds, everything were gone. So, so you just got there the next day and everything was hmm. everything's gone. So yeah. you already had the turf farm at that point? Yeah, we had the turf farm. Our house got damaged. Yeah, um, yeah so it was a yeah, fair bit of and what were the what were the obviously you know a lot about challenges having something like that happen to you? But what was the biggest challenge for you when you started growing grass? What was it something that obviously Michael had worked in before, but something that you hadn't worked in before? So what was the biggest challenge for you initially with with growing grass? Oh, challenges! There's lots of challenges yeah. um, when it comes down to um, probably <laughs> believing in yourself that you yeah. can do stuff. Yeah. It was really um, yeah we. we we were kind of young. We were very naive. Yeah. Um, we had big ambitions, but believing in ourselves and getting um, the product out there, um, we everything was done with a Ryan harvester back then, yeah. and it was old equipment. We yeah. we we had a Toyota Land Cruiser Ute. We bought. Um, our trailer, we painted a bright green. It cost us, I think, $1,200. It was so dear. Mm. It was crazy. Um, Michael used to, we used to load everything by hand, deliver yeah. everything, unload by hand. Um, when we got a, an order of two pallets, we thought, holy moly, that's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, just things like that. So everything, um, yeah, getting ourselves Trusting ourselves, I suppose. That's, that's such a cool story. And that's such a great response about what was the biggest transition for you or the hardest thing. And that's and believing in yourself is the answer. And that's such a nice answer. And you started with Orion and a $1,200 bright green trailer. Um, mm. What does what does Harden Park Lawns look like today? You're not using Orion anymore, which is cool. No, uh-huh. no, we're not. We've got a, um, a Firefly Harvester, yeah. um, so which makes things a lot easier. Bet, yeah. But before we got that, um, the the Firefly, we got to end up getting a Princeton Harvester. Yeah. So it was, yeah, things changed. Bit, yeah, yeah, got a yeah. little bit out and, of that. And not hand loading onto the back of a ute anymore? No, no. Back do the hand, back of the Land Cruiser trailer, d- No, I think, yeah, yeah. But no, um, we still hand load um, customers when they turn up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose when it comes down to where we started from and where we are now, I think we're leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 No, it's it, it's such a cool story, and and obviously work's not everything. Um, you've got um, a couple of kids now and a granddaughter. Daughter. Yeah. Daughter, which so, is cool. the, so what's life outside of the work look like from Lucy Danny? Yeah. Um, the the kids we Mike and I are both so proud of them. They yeah. they're doing so well. Yeah. Um, we've got one son that's married um, uh, to a lovely lovely lady, and mm. we have a um, a granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, she's sixteen months old, yeah, and cool. um, our youngest son has got a lovely partner, and yeah. he's doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very special times, and we travel a fair bit. Yeah. Um, uh, we love seeing family, catching mm. up. Um, 
Yeah, we, we love basketball. Yeah. Um, my, Mad Cairns Taipans fans. I know, <laughs> I know. It's, uh, yeah, no, um, that's just, and that gets us off the farm. It's yeah. amazing having, um, you know, I'm not a basketball you know, I never play basketball in my yeah. life, but I'm a people watcher and going yeah. to an event like that's amazing. Because yeah. you go to every game pretty well, don't you? You do, got pretty good seats. Season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw a video once. I don't have a lot of interest in Australian basketball, but I think the Hawks might have beat the Taipans once and you were filming your husband when it went off and it was some choice words <laughs> used by him yeah. uh, when that happened. But yeah. um, just, just, just back on to your, just quickly on mm. your kids. Now, unique job. I know one, one of them's a, a doctor. Yeah, uh, eldest one's a doctor. Eldest one's a doctor, but he's a he's, he's somewhere remote. No, oh, he's in he's in Bowen. He's um, in Bowen. Yeah, yeah, he's right. in Bowen, and my my daughter-in-law is a doctor as well. Yeah. Um, and um, my younger son is a pilot. Yeah. He's up um, flying around up on um, Torres Straits. That's the moment. right. Yeah. yeah I mean, one yeah. of them was hopping around islands. Yeah, and doing some yeah. Cool we stuff. actually yeah. went up there not long ago and yeah. um, spent a, a couple of days with him, which was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's um. A, a cool story from start to finish. And one thing I will say, we've done a lot of these episodes now, but I think you'd have the most interesting CV <laughs> if anyone <laughs> came on. Yeah. Um, it's, quite a, it's quite a journey, but it's a real credit to both you and Michael for, you. for, for what you've done over the years. I know I've known you for a little while now and, and been a part of them. I've been a part of the story somewhat to a small degree, but some of that stuff you went through then I never knew or never heard. And never I, heard. And uh, once this is finished, I'm going to quiz you more on, um, on horse owners <laughs> and, 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 and get a winner. But can, can I just say, well, I met you, I think, and I was trying to work it out when you were about 12 years old. Yeah. Um, it was a Turf Australia um, conference we had here. At Turfco. Yeah, yeah, at Turfco, and there, yeah. was a, there was a dinner here. So it was pretty that – was, that was cool. And yeah. after that um, – uh, oh, I don't know whether we've got time for this, but yeah. um, when Michael and I were actually trying to get um, a licence for the Sir Walter yeah. and um, we, we asked for the application and we looked at the application and, and they're going, I need um, how many people you got in the office. And mm. this is going back when we still had the green charler. Yeah. And <laughs> um, FPOS machine, where's your office located? It was actually on my kitchen bench. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it, that was a bit scary. And yeah. so we thought, oh, we're not good enough. So we closed it up and yeah. just put it aside. Yeah. And then we had an opportunity to go down and have a look at some Sir Walter at another farm. I won't say what farm it was. Mm. And it... I looked at it, I'm going, oh, that looks awful. And they showed us the most dodgiest pieces <laughs> there, Walter. I'm going, oh, okay, we, we folded it up. And then we saw it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, we thought, oh, they're not really showing us the real true, true yeah. Sir Walter. Yeah. And then after the conference, that was in 2005, mm. after the conference um, we came back, um, went back home, and there was two people driving up in our driveway in a little white uh, gets, I think it was, mm-hmm. And uh, two men hopped out, and I'm going, who are these guys? And it was Gavin and Brent right. saying, would you like a licence? <laughs> so I'm going, oh. So that's how that that's how, how this did, yeah, that's how we ended up. And that's, that's a nice little um, segue here. Before that, were you just growing carpet grass? Yeah, we that? were. We were just growing broadleaf carpet grass okay. and a little bit of um, cooch, yeah. Um, um, broadleaf carpet grass, um, if we still grow it. Yeah. Um, it's not a very... Um, great grass to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of inputs on it and little return. So, yeah, doing that and then a couple of randoms popped out and 
gave you the license that you closed the application. I know these two dodgy guys. I know it was it was great. And it, yeah. it, it, what the, what actually stood out with them is is um, Gavin and Brent when they drove up is mm. they just said we want to have you know you guys are the sort of people that we'd like on our on our team. Yeah, so cool. it was great. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, it's been a fun but, journey since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um. Like I said, it's a it's a cool story. It's a it's a credit to you all from what you've done, and um, I know it, it hasn't always been the easiest road. Um, you've had some some ups and downs along your way, and to come out the other end like you had, it's a it's a real credit to you. So um, I'm sure everyone would have absolutely loved that. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing <laughs> your story. You nailed it. Thanks, Jake. I remember when I first started working at Lawn Solutions, we put it. We started a, a weekly newsletter, mm. and I remember first putting it out there, and we had to get classifieds, and everyone sent in like trucks and harvests they had for sale. Melissa sent in a 1967 model husband <laughs> that she was trying to get rid of, and I remember there going, "What the hell is this?" Like? <laughs>